0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined uh, by none other than Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com, our chief commentary and opinion leader, uh, thought leader at some point in time, uh, I believe he is. uh, Mr. Wadlington, how are you doing today? Doing
1: well after that introduction. I always
0: try to pump you up as big as I can because I I know that the you got to
1: inflate that ego to get the good stuff out of you. Right. No, that's you, you have a good read on me, Bobby. <laughs> I'm gonna take out that clip and insert it with my packet for a pay raise request. So we'll see. <laughs> there that there you go. That's
0: that's what you need to do. Will let's let's put it in there together. How about that? Let's All do right. It. Hey, Paul, I wanted to I wanted to grab you today uh, and talk a little bit. Uh, we've on, on Texas football and inside Texas, we've previewed the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers. Uh, I want to grab you today and talk about the tight ends. I thought that would be a good discussion for our Saturday talk uh, as we head into the spring, each and every uh, position, uh, you know, unlike the other positions that we've talked about this for, uh, or thus far, we have no incoming new players at the position this spring. There, there are none. Um, yep. Everybody that's incoming is in the summer. Uh, Spencer Shannon, uh, and Will Randall, uh, Shannon from Monterey High School in uh, Orange County down in California. And then Will Randall, a high school teammate of Arch Manning uh, at uh, New Orleans, Isidore Newman. There is someone leaving, though, and that's Jalil Billingsley. Uh, Billingsley did not play in the first six games of the year, then only played sparingly, then dropped the pass and then disappeared. Uh, what, what do you take away from what is leaving the program? Is it really a loss? in the grand scheme of things?
1: It, it was never a loss and it was never a gain. Um, you know, actually when I wrote my thinking Texas Football preview, I I guess people were excited about the new season and you've got this imprimatur of, I, I'm an Alabama guy and I caught some balls in a game that was on national TV, so I must be really good. And the fact is, you know, I, I said, I don't expect him to be a big contributor. And I got some pushback on that, but, you know, it kind of played out the way I thought, which is you know, not super focused necessarily on football. He never put on the weight he needed to put on to become a, a, an every down tight end. And then just as a being a pure receiving tight end, you know, I don't think that's what Sark wants in his offense. I, I You know, if you've got that skill set and it's not that outstanding, then he'd rather just put another wide receiver on the field. You know, he needs the tight end to be able to block. He needs to be able to do play action stuff. He needs to, to have that guy be a, a hat in the running game and uh you know he was not that uh we wish him well but three catches for 38 yards and very limited action and uh he didn't really have an impact so no i don't think there's a loss there at that position
0: and a major reason why was the emergence of the next guy we want to talk about as we go down the depth chart the, the pseudo depth chart of sorts uh and that is um Uh, JT Sanders. Uh, Before we get to JT and really start the the first string and and go down the group, I want you to say thank you to our sponsor. If you don't mind, take some time with uh, our our friend Gabe uh, Winslow and and what he's doing for us uh, at On Texas Football.
1: Well, a big thank you to Gabe Winslow, our sponsor. He works for Market Advantage. You can reach him at 832-557-1095 or mortgagesbygabe.com. He doesn't need his ego pumped the way I do, Bobby, to deliver the goods. He just goes out there and kicks ass. Over 20 years in the industry, he's got a law degree. He's a Texas fanatic, and he's real sharp. And he is a guy that you need to give a call, not just when you're th- about to buy the house. Do it a couple of months before you buy your house because you can work on a strategy with him based on your finances that you're going to be happy with. Give him a call. And Gabe, big thanks for both of us for supporting this podcast. Yeah, I really do
0: appreciate it, Gabe. Um, all right, let's, let's get into the, to the, to the minutia now or the details. JT Sanders, a year ago this time, we were hearing things that he was taking football seriously. fast forward a full year, he looked great in the spring, looked even better in the fall, and then had a really, really good year coming on. He is the unquestioned number one tight end, and he could be the number one tight end in the Big 12 and a future draft pick. Now that we Now that we've seen what we've seen, those are kind of the expectations for him, actually. Uh, There's no longer, hey, he might be a guy. He definitely is a guy if he asserts himself. Um, Given that, how does Sark's outlook change heading into this year? And how does the tight end room look because of him?
1: Good. Uh, It's been a while. JT Sanders, to your point, Bobby, he didn't catch a ball last year. And so all of this was just about projection And I felt good about him. I'd heard good things. I knew what his athletic, his baseline athletic ability level was, which was very high. Uh, But it's a more subtle athleticism. You know, we tend to speak of athleticism as like spark scores. Well, there's another type of athleticism, which is a guy who moves well, has good lateral agility. Despite being tall, they can get low. Uh, They can move side to side. And an easy catcher of the football, right, Bobby? He reminds me me of a guy that would be good at rebounding. He would be good at rebounding. He's good at space-type sports, and that's what football is becoming. But on top of it, the added benefit was he was a a willing and viable blocker, and not just in one setting or format, but as a move tight end, as the old traditional H-back that you and I grew up with. He could put his hand on the ground and not just get in someone's way, but maybe actually block them. And that's a huge asset. And he caught 54 balls, Bobby, for 613 yards, five touchdowns. I think he could have been an even bigger threat if the passing game had been a little more coherent over the back half of the season. I think you're going to see a better passing game. And you're going to see Jatavian Sanders used a lot. Uh, I think... Yeah, I've heard and read people saying, "Oh, we need to go four wide and spread the field." It's like, no, 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 no. We, there's an NFL tight end on the roster. He needs to be out on the field, you know, 80 percent of the time. What does he
0: need to work on the most, in your opinion?
1: He just needs to get a little older, a little stronger. Uh, he's not a speed demon. You know, this isn't a guy who's going to go Vernon Davis at, at the NFL Combine and drop a four three eight, right? But he's going to get stronger. He's going to get faster. He's going to mature and he's going to get you know uh, a better sense of the position. He's going to be able to run more routes, he's going to be more versatile. He's going to be able to recognize more defenses. He's just going to improve across the board. And I I expect a big year out of JT Sanders. Okay. Yeah, I
0: I feel like the biggest thing I feel like he needs to work on is blocking. I actually think he's got a feel for the passing game that is I would say second nature almost to your point, like that kind of athlete where you just he just you you called him a space uh player, and I, I agree with that. He kind of just understands a little bit where he's supposed to do what he's supposed to be and how he's supposed to get open innately. I'd like to see him become a little bit more um physical as a bo- as a blocker. And uh, I, I remember him giving up that sack uh in the Alamo Bowl, and I was just like shaking my head. That's that's the that if I were to point to one thing, yeah. is kind of where I'm at.
1: The next I'm question I have on that, Bobby. I, I hate assigning a tight end to pass protection. I, I hate it. I really do. And if you do it, I would prefer they do it lined up in the backfield and they can use their athleticism a little better as a H back as an H back. Cause they're right. just not used to it with their hand on the ground and it's not what they're built for. And there's a reason you want offensive tackles to weigh 315 pounds and not 245. So anyway, just my thought. Uh, on that. No, I
0: think that's fair. I think, I think that's, To your point, that's that's part of what we're 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 discussing here is where where they are, uh, what they need to be doing, where they are and what they can be. Um, I would be uh, short to say that the tight end group is top heavy. All right. I wouldn't be short to say it. I just think it is top heavy at this point. While I think Gunnar Helm, who is probably the next guy uh, on our list, Paul, uh, is is probably the next guy in line and and probably a better blocker at this point than, than uh, Jatavian. I do think he's a definitive second and not really close. So I guess my question is, is the top, tight end room too top heavy for you right now?
1: I mean, ideally you'd like, you know, you want Aaron Hernandez and Gronk out there at the same time. Yeah. 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 Uh, but failing that, I mean, I think Gunner's a fine number two tight end. I think he's, he's going to still improve. He's very young. And I'm I'm interested in seeing to your point, Gunner Helm at 255, 260. I'd be very curious to see his impact as a blocker. Uh, as you know, Sark loves those double tight end sets, and he did. He ran those at Bama, even when he had three NFL first round draft picks playing wide receiver. He put one of those guys on the bench from time to time and run double tight end. And people say, "Why would you do that?" Well, he knows that that formation draws certain automatic coverages from certain defenses and when you can be guaranteed a certain coverage you can be guaranteed a certain look for your quarterback and and that's where sark likes to do a lot of his play action stuff and if you don't adjust to it correctly and you keep out your small personnel he'll just run the ball on and so that's why he likes to integrate those two tight end sets obviously we're going to have we think we're going to have pretty good receiver talent uh this year but you're still going to see Gunnar Helm out there and uh, for his age and given his background, again, he was sort of a flex finesse tight end in high school. I think he's adopted well to be in a you know, hand on the ground blocker. And, you know, just like Jatavian Sanders, he'll get better just as he gets more physically strong. I don't recall him dropping a pass this year. No, uh, he's got good hands. Not that he was thrown
0: to a ton or anything like that. Uh, but uh, I think he was reliable uh, when, when thrown to, and, and, you know, We'll see how it goes. Uh, he caught uh, five passes for 44 yards last season. Uh, and, you know, if, if he doubles that production, that, that might be kind of what we're thinking in, in year two. Does that, you agree with that? At least from a, at least from a pass catching perspective.
1: Yeah, even if he doesn't, you know, even if he doesn't, it just means we're, we're, he's in there running the ball. We're doing more play action, you know, down the field when we're doing double tight, max protect stuff that Sark likes to do. And it means maybe A.D. Mitchell, we get a good protection dialed up, you know, all protect. And A.D. Mitchell's catching 70-yard bombs, right? You know, that's what we want.
0: All right. So after Gunner Helm, it it, it starts getting questionable about where Texas goes. The next group is Juan Davis and Braden LeBrock. LeBrock, I don't, you know, he has not seen the field in some time. He's had a bum shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, He's still tried to practice, but hasn't necessarily uh, uh, practiced with contact. I almost wonder if he's on the verge of being a medical red shirt at some point. Um, and then you have Juan Davis who has actually shown to be pretty good player. He's just not that ideal size for the position.
1: Yeah. I'll talk about Braden first. I just, I think he got a bad deal of the cards injury wise. And if you look at his high school film, Bobby, he's, he's a gifted athlete in space and uh i think he would have been an asset if he'd been able to develop normally it's not just that he's been injured and not able to play he's been injured and not able to physically develop right he can't lift the way he needs to he can't get practice time the way he needs to he's not caught up in terms of the physicality he's you know he's doing a lot of no contact stuff that's not football it's not going to help you learn to be a tight end so it's a bummer because i think he's a guy if he would caught a little luckier break i think he's a guy we would be talking about frankly Um, right now, I I think your instinct might be right. He might be a guy, unless he has a good spring and fall, I think you're maybe looking at a medical guy. What about Juan Davis? I like Juan. I mean, he's a good sort of hybridized athlete, but you nailed it. He just doesn't have the natural size to be a true tight end. And I, I understand that there's a history and tradition of small tight ends, but typically they offset their deficits as a blocker and as a, a big body by being exceptionally fast or, you know, incredible route runners with great hands, you know, Pat Fitzgerald is a guy you and I remember who just had phenomenal hands and, you know, ran pretty well, uh, but not necessarily a blocker. And I think Sark wants complete tight ends. And, and if you're not a complete tight end, you need, to be, you need to be an overwhelming blocker or an overwhelming receiver. And I don't think Juan is either. Uh, I still think he's a pretty good athlete. He might have value uh, in, in certain. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. Sets, but I just don't think I don't think he's going to beat out Gunnar Helm for that second job. Yeah, he's not a he's not scared of
0: contact. I noticed that with Juan Davis uh, as a true freshman in some some drills I saw. He, he he physically is ready from that standpoint. He's just not very big. Yeah, um, and and I do think he's athletic, but you know, are you going to really? can't displace jatavian sanders for him um that you know that's that's not going to happen and so uh the the question i have really is does texas have enough tight ends well maybe if spencer shannon and will randall come in in the in the summer and one of them is able to be an additional tight end as a blocker uh spencer shannon in in particular uh i actually think he might be a third tight end as a blocker sometime even as a true freshman
1: yeah, he could be, you know, I don't think we're going to run a lot of sets with the third tight end. And if we're doing it on goal line, it's going to be Byron Murphy or somebody, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think Spencer Shannon, I, if you want to talk about the incoming guys, uh, I think the fact that he's not going to have a spring means he's going to arrive a little bit behind just in terms of blocking. And you know, there's a big technique aspect to blocking as a tight end and getting your fit, and, you know, getting your hands and locking someone up because, tight ends, they're not going to exert the power of an offensive lineman, but they typically have great feet. And so if you can teach your tight end how to get a good fit and on a defender and then use their feet, that's how they become effective blockers. And I don't think he's going to have the time to, to do that. Also, I don't think he's physically developed enough. I mean, the last I saw is about 6'7", 230, 235. Uh, now that bodes well for the future. This guy might be walking around out there at 265 and moving. Okay. You know, but I don't, I don't, I don't see an impact. And then, you know, Will Randall, um, he's, he's coming off an injury. Is he not? Yes. Yep. And he's got, he's got, you know, if you watch his high school film, he's got great hands and obviously he was Arch's number one uh, offensive threat. I don't think he's, you know, super athletic, but I think he's a guy that if you surround him with some other threatening athletes that the defense is worried about, he's a guy that can absolutely be an asset just because his hands are awesome and he understands the game and where to, where to run and position himself.
0: Yeah, I, I think that all makes sense. Uh, the, the, I think in general, Sanders won probably a top heavy tight end room. Helm, a strong number two, but not necessarily, you know, he's, he's got some, some, some warts to his game, uh, but he also has some uh, promise. Uh, then you have Juan Davis and Braden LeBrock Davis at this point ahead of LeBrock because of uh, injuries, if nothing else. And then you have the two young guys coming in. So that's, that's kind of the depth chart as we look at it for uh, the tight ends. We've now done the uh, quarterbacks, uh, running backs, wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, I'm going to do the offensive line tomorrow uh, with Jerry Hamilton, try to uh, really try to roll these out as we get prepared for spring practice. Uh, Paul, uh, People like it when we got, kind of go off on tangents or have other discussions. Uh, you have anything else you want to talk about today for a, a Saturday update?
1: Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Can I get some training advice on how to stop my Bernadoodle from barking at people using their snow shovels? <laughs>
0: no, you no, you cannot. But, uh, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about um, Texas football in general. Uh, there's been a lot of, conversation about uh you know the the offense texas is returning uh, as we kind of t- went over all the skilled personnel at this point um what do you where what would you compare what texas is returning in any previous year to this one so oh, interesting yeah my point being they lose guys like bijan and roshan who are the the heartbeat of the offense really or or the the pulse even at times. Um, what I'm trying to think of a time when Texas came back with a second year quarterback, lost a big running back, maybe
1: Shane Bouchelle after they lost Deontay Foreman. Um, I, I think maybe we'd even have to go further back to Colt McCoy. His well, so it's actually, it's, it's a combination season, isn't it? Because that doesn't fit with the offensive line. So I was thinking Colt McCoy, his first year as a starter, he had that uh, most of that great offensive line helping to support him. Um, but it doesn't really cohere to the second year, right? Colt McCoy, where he started over at the offensive line, still had Jamal Charles, who was a huge asset, obviously. So... Man, I don't know. You know, we're trying to look for parallels, and I don't – because this offense – to me, the big returning aspect of this is Quinn Ewers, right? Yep. To yep. And then this offensive line. I mean, we're returning our offensive line, basically. All of it. All of it, and all of them have upside. So, you know, this isn't Kansas State where, God bless them, they do a great job, where you're returning – Five six year seniors, they, they, those guys haven't physically changed from the prior year. They're or just Baylor,
0: or Baylor last or Baylor. year.
1: Yeah, where they four or five, and one They're, of them is going to get drafted. Yeah, I mean, so and, and that's that's a converse to Baylor and OU who are getting wiped out on their offensive line and having to fill in with transfers. So, uh, can has there been a time like this where I can think of where we lost the stud running back and running backs actually? Uh, Roshan's going to get drafted higher than people thought. And then uh, you're returning Xavier Worthy. You're, you've got this exciting guy in A.D. Mitchell. You've got Jordan Whittington had a healthy year. I mean, I, I hate to be this guy in February, but I, I as you know, I like to do deep dives on our opponent programs, and I've been writing that up on Inside Texas. I hope you guys join and, and read those. And then I'll I'll check back in after the spring, of course, and I'll evaluate what people look like. And then I'll check back in on those teams right before I write my preview. Texas is loaded. Texas should be good. I mean, I'm not saying this is an all-time offense, but if Quinn Ewers comes along the way we think he should come along, I just don't see how this offense doesn't score points. I I agree with you. And
0: I think that the only thing I would say is – I think we'll get a better sense of it during spring. Yeah. So where do we poke holes a month from now after watching two or three practices, hearing reports, and then see the spring game? I think the spring game is April 15th. Um, I think that's the, that's one of the things I want to see just how, I think on paper, the offense looks to your point. I don't remember it looking like this, um, but uh, at the same time, I, I want to be, a, I want to seeing is believing, right? I, you you want to, you want them to prove it to you. And I think you can see some things in this spring that will translate and lead you to believe that a, a high level of success is plausible in the fall.
1: Well, I just had this thought. I'm, I'm curious, maybe we can do this live here before I, we can flesh it out together. Do you remember back in the day when we had Ricky and Greg Davis talked about the burden of making sure Ricky got his carries? Yeah. And the burden that placed on his offense and people were kind of laughing like it's Ricky Williams, man. Like you got to hand him the ball 30 times. But he was talking about how there was a burden because he, you know, he liked to throw the ball, obviously. Um I almost wonder Because turning around and handing the ball off to Bijan and Roshan won Texas two games last year, right? Iowa State, that last drive was just handing the ball off. But Baylor, when they just said, hey, these guys are starting to wear down a little, let's just hand the ball off. To Sark's credit, that's what he did. I wonder if he feels, and you saw a little of this in the Washington Bowl game, does he now feel that he's past that and he can kind of be a little more pass happy this year? He doesn't have the burden of handing it off to Bijan, or am I just reading too much into all that?
0: That That's a a great question, Paul. Because I could see that evolving, particularly when Jonathan Brooks wasn't the tailback. Yeah. In that that, uh, Alamo Bowl. Um, Because it really took, you knew Keelan Robinson, just not that guy. Um, it's an interesting question. And I, well, I don't know that we have the answer other than to, other than to say that uh, with Quinn Ewers back for a second year, it definitely makes more sense to loosen the reins and to kind of go more with what you know. Plus the fact, even if Jonathan Brooks could be really good, he's probably not B. John Robinson. Cedric Baxter can be really good and probably not be be, be John Robinson right so I, I feel like I feel like that's that's really the question is you know is it is it a byproduct of where Quinn is or a byproduct of losing
1: the running back um and I don't I don't know well and so what's interesting is we do know now that Jonathan Brooks was Dinged up in that game. Yep, he had a hernia surgery afterwards. So, so that might have affected our game plan, right? But we also know that that was a little bit of a preview of some of the offense for this year, and it was imperfect and whatever. I don't, I don't, I could care less about that bowl game to tell you the truth. But I do think it's interesting to consider: Is Sark going to remain balanced because he's going to have a lot of toys? He's going to have a, a offensive line that can pass protect. Fingers um, crossed. <laughs> yeah, and, <Fingers> and crossed. <laughs> well, I think so. And then, um, well, I mean, we we blew some stuff, but it was a pretty young line. And then, um, you know, there's still. I, I also think though that when you've got a good offensive line, and and they've demonstrated that they can get after it in the run game, it's also nice to be able to turn around and hand the ball off eight times in a row and get ten yards to carry. I'm I'll I'll do that all day. I'm sure sure Sark will, too. I don't think Sark is some mad scientist, you know, wants to throw it every down. But it is interesting to consider that this offense may look a little different. And that doesn't mean we're not going to run the ball, but the the pie may change in how we grow it.
0: I think that's fair. All right. You want to say thanks to uh, Gabe one last
1: time before we get going here? Thanks, Gabe. Give this guy a call. If you're looking for a house, I know a lot of you are looking for houses in the spring. Give him a call. You'll see the numbers on the screen. And uh, he's a big Longhorn supporter. More than that, he's really good at what he does.
0: Uh, Paul, I appreciate it, man. We got the tight ends done off to the offensive line, then on to the defense. And then uh, I'll talk to you again for sure uh, a week from today, next Saturday. Uh, Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Thank you for joining us. This has been On Texas Football. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, Thank you for watching again and hook them.